M-M-A. It's in the cage. start this and welcome to another edition of mma in the cage your pound for pound best source for mixed martial arts coverage my name is esteban mccarthy my my loyal sidekick through it all ryan jenkins fucking sidekick it's associate bitch (laughs) my partner in crime my my robin to my batman ryan jenkins man what's going on suck a fucking dick speaking of sucking dick this is actually our fourth mma in the cage episode that we've Laid track down this year, but Estevan, oh yeah, I'll I'll put it up. I'll take care of it. Doesn't know how to do it, so this is uh, the first one that you guys are going to hear this year because Ryan Daddy is going to take care of it. I'm not confirming nor denying anything you just said. <clears throat> so, so anyway, so, so we're Anne talking Hathaway, about she, we're talking about uh, what's her name again? Anne Hathaway. We just so happen to be somewhat related to Anne Hathaway, but only by marriage. And uh, we're thinking, like, you know, Anne Hathaway really gets naked in about one of three movies. I'm pretty sure that's accurate since 2005, Ryan. What movies have you seen? You got Havoc. You got Brokeback Mountain. You got the Viagra movie. And then what else? I haven't seen any of those, but I can log on to MrSkin.com. <laughs> you don't need to see any of them. They're all horrible. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the movie Havoc? Why the, the, the fuck do you think I do? I watched it. The the highlight of the movie was for the tits. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. <clears throat> and you're confirming just just tits, no snatch though. I I did not. I I was only interested in the one. So uh, I was okay. like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. That's all yeah. I need. It's all you need. So. Uh, Ryan, man, lots to talk about. Let's not talk about MMA first. Let's talk about a recent development that's happened in the last 15 minutes. Um, so, uh, you know, Ryan, I came off a good year, 2011. It was a very good one uh, with business in terms. Uh, my company, not going to mention who, but uh, I did really well. Let's just say that. Especially for the new guy, I beat most of the old guys, which is a good thing. Um you know, making some waves, and I start off the year good now, and then I'm like, you know what? This is not enough for me. I need to, I need to go big, okay? I need to go like, like super uber big, right? So I kind of balanced like a little bit on the uh, things that we should not do because of like getting rid of our legal information to the to the market. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. You know, you got to go big. You got to go big, and. uh and they didn't find too they didn't they, I just got an email saying they did not appreciate that at all. So uh good in theory, but very poorly frowned upon. So um yeah, I feel like two thousand and eleven was just uh that was last year, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was last year and this is this year. And guess where I'm fucking starting? Down, down at the bottom of the hill again. Dude, man, I'm just happy I have a fucking job. Jesus. Ugh. Oh, like, it's just like, you know, this, this probably goes back to like the degenerate gambler that I am like, you know, like, oh yeah, I won some money. That's not enough. Okay. That's not enough. You got to go more. You got to go big, right? You got to win big, right? But, uh, then you lose. And and we, we have uh, discovered that you've just degenerated down to betting on darts. 
like who who even knew that that was really a sport and that you could actually bet on people throwing darts at a dartboard, but somehow you've managed to do that. You actually don't need to be a sport in order to bet on it. It's uh, you can bet on politics. You can bet on if someone wins the lottery that night. There are plenty of things to bet on. Basically, I have a system, Ryan. It's uh, it's working pretty well for me. That uh, you just bet on odds, and if there's a nine to one odd, I'm gonna bet on it. Well, that's good. Then, uh, th- then it really doesn't matter what you're gonna end up doing in your real job because you're just gonna end up moving to Vegas and becoming a professional gambler. Then, right? Precisely. That's exactly what I plan on doing. <laughs> that, that's you know? that's the dream. <laughs> that is a dream. I don't need stability. Dude, that's or insurance. Su- that's such a fucking dude. That's such a a mind fuck that I have. Like I'm like, you know what? It's not enough to just like do all right. I gotta fucking get. I'm impatient. You know, I gotta get noticed real quick. And then you and then you go big. And then you you almost lose everything. So that's not good. I don't want to lose the house. Well, that's part of the reason why you know that's part of the 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 gamble with being an ambitious person, though. So, I mean, there's going to be risk and reward for you know what you're doing. So. Absolutely. And you know, I was like, you know what? This is going to get me noticed one way or another. And guess what? I got <laughs> fucking noticed by a lot of people. Yep. <laughs> it was not good. So, other than that, um, Ryan, I just went to. Uh, I don't know if you heard about it. It was um, the UFC event in Chicago on FX2. Did you did you happen to catch a glimpse of it? It wasn't on FX2. You went to Sorry. UFC on Fox 2. On The Big Daddy. Fox. The first real card, the first actual entire card that they're at. Because like, this was supposed to be the first one. They just Correct. gave the uh, the JDS... Um, this was the first one to the Fox deal. Right. Look. Right. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of good fights on the card. We'll go over later, but got many. Uh, I mean, I was just you know I, I I don't I'm one of those guys that like I will pass up going to, um, you know five or six Spurs games uh, in order to just get the one good Spurs game. You know what I mean? You don't want. I, I got a really nice TV. It's in HD. It's gonna be really hard to beat that. You know, and sitting up in the fucking grandstands for me, that's not gonna cut it. So I'll pass on all the other time. I'll save my money, and then the one day I'm going to the show, I'm going to the show. You saw the pics. I was right up front. I had great seats. I was in the area where, um, you know, when they usually pan over and they're showing, like, you know, all the all the stars of the sport, you know, some famous guys there, a couple douches in the audience. I was there. Okay, I was in the shit. You nice. were among the douche. I was. I was wearing my douchey shirt. Okay? I don't care. I love it. I like my tap out. Or, no, it's not a tap out. It's um, not extreme contort. What's the other one? Um, affliction. There you go. You know, so uh, it was uh, it was nice. I ended up getting some photo ops with. Uh, I didn't get Herb Dean. I got really close to him and John Jones. Didn't have boobs though. That definitely hurt my chances there. But I uh, got some with uh, Dana White. Um, I met Travis Brown. I got one with Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks is kind of weird because like uh, like that beard kind of looks fake for one. He seems like just a weird dude. Like in interviews, he's just—he seems a little off. You know what it is? I think it's the baby teeth <laughs> that he's got in his mouth. Like he's got baby teeth. Like, <laughs> like they're jagged, or they're just like really small. No, they're just like you know, like how like children's teeth just like look very rounded and awkward, and they haven't lost them. <laughs> that's a—that's he's got a mouthful of them. I've never so, noticed that. You know, yeah. So he's got he's got baby teeth, and uh, that kind of bothered me. But that's and, and and what looks like a fake beard. Well, it looks like a fake beard. You know, I knew it was too, I knew it was too good to be true. And um, <laughs> let's see, who else did I meet? Uh, I I was 
Clay Guida ran by me very quickly as soon as he started getting mauled by the entire audience. Just said, hell no. Yeah. Um, oh, and the cool one was uh, some guy in front of me. Like, all right, there's only one guy in front of me because I was up front, okay? But uh, one guy in front of me went off to go get a beer, and um, Miguel Torres just sat down right in his seat, and he just started talking to the people around him. It was kind of, it was kind of, it was kind of weird. And uh, you know, I told him my thoughts. Glad I'm back, have him back in the UFC. Uh, you know, I was. Now I think about it, that really was weird. He just, it's just fucking Miguel Torres just sitting right in front of me. Yeah, yeah just chatting it up. Yeah, and then I and then after the show I hung out and uh, I got a a a pick with uh, basically God himself, the Dana White. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I got to be honest with you, like, you know, he doesn't have to do it, but like he stayed there for like every single one of the fans, and like he didn't do. I mean, like if you look at my picks with like all the other fighters, you know, like they're kind of like, you know, like they're 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 smiling, uh, muscles hurt after a while, and so they kind of give like the half smile. Dana White was, like, in every one of his picks, man, like, you know, ear to ear, you know, really and genuinely. I mean, like, fuck, if it's not genuine, I don't give a shit because it felt genuine, you know. I mean, he, he really seemed like he appreciated you being there and he was happy to meet you. And that, and that was great. That was that was fantastic. No, and of course, I mean, the guy's living quite uh, quite an awesome life, um, being able to do what he does. I know that he works hard and all that, but... Shit, yeah, he's got to be happy, especially when you have a big, you know, packed house like that. Um, and that's one of the things that uh, I think he's done such a good job with, um, you know, with the the social networking and everything else that he does, and actually getting down in there um, with the shit. He doesn't, it, at least, it doesn't seem like he feels like he's above anybody. Absolutely um, not. Now, so, Fertitta, on the other hand, I didn't see his ass. Okay, I wanted a picture with Fertitta. I did. I wanted to see because I heard that he's jacked in real life, but. uh well, I told you. I, I think I was the one that told you that. Uh, th- there's a picture of him with working out with like Vitor, um, and yeah, he's he got he got pretty big. I doubt you're gonna yeah. see Fertitta though. He's not really the face. He's the uh, behind. Oh, this, and then um, oh my god, what the fuck is the small Italian guy that does the um the the interviews on HD Net? It's um like hard questions with blank. The Italian guy? Yeah, like the sm- the short Italian dude on HDNet. You're not talking about Ron Kruk. No, 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 no. Ron Kruk's a very tall, white German man. I'm talking about a short Italian dude on HDNet. He has his separate show that he used to go off and and it, I think it's like Mike. It's not Mike Chevelle. It's like like Mike. Oh, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I met him too. He's, he's he's kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah. He's a complete dick, and I hate him. <laughs> oh god what is that guy's name oh my god uh, it's gonna bother me now i have to look this up right now but i met like nobody no, nobody it's, it's rec- mike it's mike something yeah isn't it i feel like it is um but uh i met him like he was walking through the audience too and uh nobody recognized him but i pulled him aside and i was like hey man how you doing i was like i really appreciate what you're doing and like he sat like he was probably the one that sat there the most mike straka oh my god thank you so much uh. <laughs> I met Mike Straka. I, you know, I didn't really remember his name at the time, but I watched all his fucking interviews, and yeah. I was like, dude, I really appreciate everything you're doing, man. You're doing a great job, and he told me that he has a new show out on Spike that's coming out uh, here shortly, so check that out. But what, uh, what, um, how did the conversation go with Travis Brown? I'm curious. Travis Brown, I told him I, a lot of like, hey, thanks, man, but I was just like, <laughs> just thanking everybody. Thank you well, I told fight. him, I was like, dude, Chet Congo is a piece of shit. You should have fucking won that. I'm sorry I hit you in the dick so much. 
<laughs> he's like, yeah, man, it's cool. I was like, no, I'm dead serious, dude. Good. Like, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You're a good fighter, and I wish you well. And then, because uh, I, you know, I, honestly, like, I'm not a huge fan of Travis Brown. I am now, obviously, because you know, he gave he gave me some time. But yeah. <laughs> just like Mike Brown, remember when I just talked shit on Mike Brown? <laughs> Your best friend. Yeah, now he's my best friend because he called me out when I met him. He's like, man, you fucking. Your boy. Yeah, you cheer, cheer for Uriah Faber in his last fight, you douche. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was cool. I mean, yeah, like, honest, honest to God, first of all, it's always weird because, like, all these dudes have the softest hands ever. Very weird. But, goddamn, man, like, when you shook his hand, like, you knew you were shaking a fucking heavyweight. Like, Like, I've only met, for the most part, like, small dudes for the, like, yeah. I think I've only met, like, you know, 170 at max, which I was trying to gauge uh, Hendricks. He looked like he was walking about, like, 182. Not really too heavy. Anyways. um, But, man, fucking, I shook Travis's hand, and, like, it engulfed my arm. Like, half of my forearm. I was like, oh, dude. And then, uh, yeah, every time I saw him, I saw him, like, another two times that night. And it was like, yeah, Congo's a dick. And then, you know, (laughs) I was kind of drunk. But, uh. You shared your hatred for Congo, which is good. That's the important thing. Yeah, and then on top of that, I um, let's see what else. Uh, oh yeah, I figured out the way to get drunk at events like this. You can't. You got to find the bar in there that no one's at, and you got to go take shots because they're actually cheaper than than beers. So that's how you do it. Yeah, I I could see that. Um, where is the United Center in relation to in in Chicago there? Uh, is, it's in the it ghetto. West, is it west. It's in the ghetto. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's in. It's west. Um. Okay. Not, ex- not exactly an easy part of town to get to, but um. Yeah. Okay. That was fun. Anyways. Um. Yeah. It was. It was a good night. We. Uh. Ryan. I mean. How, where, where do we go from here? Do we talk about? It? You know. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of fucking UFC we missed out on. Yeah. Th- there is. Um. There's plenty to go over. I think we should actually take a quick break here. Um. Recharge and then hit up the actual fights on the UFC on Fox. Sounds good to me. You're listening to Esmeral McCarthy and Ryan Zabin on MMA and the and welcome back to MMA in the Cage with Esteban. I'm Ryan. We are about to hit you up with uh, our thoughts on UFC on Fox 2, Evans versus Davis. Um, first thing that stood out to me was the first fight that I watched. I didn't end up watching that Kamozi uh, uh, and Jacoby fight that was on. Um, I don't even know if it was on Facebook or not. Um, I just started with the Fuel TV card, um, and it you, started you get off Fuel TV, by the way. Yeah, I, I do. I so, don't. Um, that was something that uh, I looked at it and I was like, oh shit! And I went through uh, you know my entire um, uh, you know guide on on my cable, and fortunately, it was down there at the very bottom. And it was like another eight bucks a month, so I actually signed up for it Saturday, right before oh, the fight started. Yes. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, uh, that Fuel TV card started off with uh, Lavar Johnson and Joey Beltran, and that fight started off freaking insane. Um, Lavar Johnson hit Joey Beltran with a big right to the body, and it actually dropped him, and he dropped 
almost right away, which was kind of unusual for the body shots. And that pretty much just, you know, set it up for the the rest of the fight where LeVar Johnson just beat the hell out of Joey Beltran and actually put him away, which I thought was just shocking because Beltran takes damage so freaking well. Like how he made it out of that fight with uh, with Pat Barry um, still standing. He also wears his damage very well, so he doesn't actually show it, you know, on his face or anything. And LeVar Johnson just fucking owned Joey Beltron. No, absolutely. I mean, I was actually surprised. Like when you look at LeVar Johnson's build, he actually looks like a normal jet, like Jack dude. Like he looks like a normal person, but with like a lot of like athletic muscle. Like you look at Frank Mir, like he looks top heavy. You know what I mean? You right. Look at, I mean, like you look at all these guys that kind of look like freaks. But this is a guy that actually looks like he has well-distributed body mass, and he he's really athletic. He's 152 pounds. I mean, that's that's something that you, you normally don't see at the heavyweight. And uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this guy because uh, you're right, dude. Joey takes it better than you know most all guys in the heavyweight division. And uh, yeah, I mean, does he if he's held on to, which I haven't heard anything about him being let go yet. But uh, you know, 205. I mean, he made it down to 124. That's yeah, I, I think um, I think Rogan was mentioning something about that, and yes, you could definitely tell he was a, quite a bit smaller than uh, Lavar Johnson. Who I agree with what you're saying, and uh, you know I've seen the guy fight several times in Strike Force, and he definitely has heavy hands. I don't know how great his wrestling is, which I think he's going to you know run into issues with a lot of those mid tier uh, heavyweight wrestlers in the UFC. Uh, but he obviously has the uh, the power to finish guys off. So he gets if he gets your hand, his hands on you, then uh, um, definitely be able to put the fight away. And yeah, I'd l- definitely like to see Beltran uh, try and make it down to 205 and at least give him another shot uh, yeah. uh, down there, just because he's you know been in plenty of exciting fights, and you just don't want to cut a guy like that. Fuck yes. And then uh, we also had our boy. The reason I bought the ticket in the first place. This is the reason to buy tickets to go to an event or to buy a pay per view if he's on the pay per view. Charles Oliveira defeats Eric Wesley via what, Ryan? I called it in the audience. Nobody knew what the fuck I was talking about. Calf Crusher. I've only seen it one other time in the fucking ring. I remember the first time I saw it, I had to go look it up online because I had no idea what the hell it was. There was a brutal submission, and it was in a really awkward position, too. Um, I don't know how many different ways that you can actually get into uh, that particular submission. Um, But... uh, can you not say enough about Chuck O? Like he is the most aggressive fighter with finishing skills um, in the UFC. I'm just with brutal Muay Thai, and I love how he uses his length. This was actually his first fight, uh, dropping down to 145. Um, but just the way that he's able to use such a wide variety of strikes, and he stands in a real tall, more traditional Muay Thai stance, and then. As soon as he, as soon as he has an opportunity, you know, to shoot for a takedown and then work all sorts of different submissions, he's just nonstop. It's just chain submissions that you you know just generally don't see in MMA. You don't see that, um, you know, except for in like jujitsu tournaments where the guys have the capability of being able to set up a shot and set up another shot and set up another shot. Um, and so, yeah, he was able to finish it with that very unusual submission. Looked yeah. pretty painful. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I mean, like, you know, the only thing that disappoints me about him going to 145, we're not going to get to see Joe Lozon versus Charles Oliveira. How amazing <laughs> would that be? That was, like, this is the two most aggressive guys with the best, with the sickest ground games going at it. But, um, yeah, yes, th- and that's, that's a point that I'd like to bring up, too, is I know he was dropping down, 
um, because he felt like he was, you know, a little underpowered or undersized. He's still a pretty tall guy. I think he's like 5'10". And so that's going to be pretty tall, um, especially at 145. But the guy's only like 22 years old. Right. And so, you know, I definitely want to make sure that, uh, you know, once his body starts to naturally grow, that he goes ahead and, and moves back up to uh, 155. Because that's just going to be where the better fights are going to be. There's more guys that fight at 155 than at uh, 145. So I, I just think there's going to be better fights for him. Um, but would a... Jose Aldo, Charles Oliveira fight interest me at 145 later in this year. Hell yeah, dude. I, yeah, but like, you know, honestly, man, like he's got so I don't want I don't want to see that fight for like two years if that's the case, man. I mean, he really. Why? I know there's so because the same reason why I thought that we shouldn't. I mean, like John Jones, like I thought was barely ready to to go where he did when he did because you know like you don't I don't want to see he own Shogun. Yeah, so, but yeah, but, but like, yeah, but like everyone was calling out for him to start doing it like after he beat you know the fucking carpenter, you know, like oh now he needs to fight Anderson Silva. No, no, he really doesn't. I mean, like let him like the guys, this guy's in his low low twenties. Let him build up a game first and actually get all the skills that you need to to fight against top level competition. I mean, like for instance, I you know going against um oh geez just lost to uh, Nate Diaz last week. Um, uh. Uh, the Cowboy, Cerrone, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think he should have won against him, right? Or Charles Oliveira should have fought against him. You know, Cerrone is just a much better version of him right now. It's like, you don't need, I mean, like, you know, I don't I don't agree with padding records, but at the same time, like, I don't want to see, like, these guys with all this potential and talent, you just throw them into the dogs and then just get smacked right back down. I mean, it's like, if you put, like, uh, who's that? Who's um, Dustin Poirier, you know, like the, the, the young guy that's, that's still coming up right now. You know, that right. guy's got a lot of talent, but he's still got a shit ton of holes in his games. You know, do you want to put him up against, you know, a, a Gray Maynard right now? No, no. So, yeah, you know, the thing that uh, the weakness in uh, Oliveira's game, two, it's one of them is just the fact that he is so aggressive. And so he's just naturally going to be more open to getting submitted and getting knocked out just because he goes as hard as he does. Um, just naturally a guy that's going to do that. The other thing is obviously his wrestling, but the th- the thing is his jujitsu is so damn good that I think even if he's taken down repeatedly, he's really going to have to have a guy just that has extremely good top but, control but you, to, but be you able to, ma- to be able to maintain that position. My thing though is that you don't have to have that right now. I mean, like this is not the heavyweight division where it's like, oh. <laughs> like we always make the joke, like you know, you, you you win one fight and you're in the mix. Like it doesn't right. need to be that way. Like it's not that shallow, you know. There's a shit ton of guys at that level that you can actually, to a degree, well, not even bring him up, but fight guys at his level. That's all. But, I'm saying. but but when you win as impressive as you do, you know, as as he's been doing, then I think that shoots you up a little bit quicker. Yeah. That's just me. I think I think two more fights if he gets a you know, a top 10 guy in the next two fights and he's able to finish both those fights, then yes, I could definitely see him fighting. Honestly, though, like, what if Lentz, like, got the takedown and, you know, just kind of rode him for a couple couple of rounds? That's three losses in a row, you know? The two before that, like, should he have won? Fought, or, I mean, the, the, what was it? Who, he fought Squanton last time, got his ass handed to him, and they lost that, uh, that like, official... I don't know. Did it? Did he get, like, was it a loss or was it no contest because he ended up needing the guy? Wait, was that Nick Lentz? Yeah, that was Lentz that he. That's uh, right. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, 
Yeah, just it's just uh, you know, I, I, it, that would have been three in a row. You know what I'm saying? Then like yeah, you but know, that's, you're looking that was, at the possibility that, that, of getting cut. Yeah, but that was also at, at 155 too, and 155 is a hell of a lot deeper than what uh, than what um, 145 is. Yeah, so well, no, I guess agree to disagree. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's see what else do we have there on the uh, the undercard that was interesting. Cub Swanson knocks the shit out of Roop. Mouth guard hits the the cage. Uh, TKO second round. Just one of those awesome, just spectacular finishes. Yep. That's going to be just a great highlight reel. Mike um, Russo had the entire audience uh, up in arms the entire time uh, in his defeat, a unanimous decision against uh, John Olav Einemo because he is from Chicago. Um, yeah, that was a very unspectacular fight. <clears throat> and Once then, again, uh, that Einemo guy just—that guy does not have a gas tank. Like, I mean, okay, I'll give you—I'll give you another perfect example. Evan Dunham, okay, Evan Dunham just lost—he he lost to uh, to Sean Shirk, right? Yes. Loses to you know, kinda. 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 It doesn't matter, man. Look, you think <laughs> that fucking Charles Oliveira lost to Nick Lentz? No, that happened. You know, then well, I think that uh, was a, uh, that was like a no contest, though. I think whatever. Then he loses to yeah. uh, Melvin Gillard, and now he's fighting okay, well, th- undercard you know, against Nick Lentz, who could put him on his back and then and then potentially make him lose. You know what I mean? It's just like you don't have to bring him up that quickly. Yeah, um, the Melvin the Sean Shirk loss I'm throwing out because obviously he got fucked there. Everybody what about Evan knows Dunham it? versus Charles Oliveira. <laughs> That's just the. Uh, and then the Melvin Gillard, anybody can lose to Melvin Gillard just because of his ridiculous power that he's Anyone got. So beat Melvin Gillard apparently too. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> anyways, no the, the the fight though with uh, with Evan Dunham and Nick Lentz, uh, the one thing that I took away from it was just the the style change with Nick Lentz and just the inclination for a lot of these guys, especially the wrestlers, uh, they get dogged on for just not. Um, you know, not standing and trading or not being exciting. And so they go from having, you know, dominant wrestling to trying to try to stand and trade with guys that they have really no excuse for standing and trading with. Like, I have no idea why Nick Lentz wasn't shooting for takedowns. Yeah, the, the, the best is when you quit on the bench, Ryan. The best is when you quit on the bench. It's the worst side to be on. But he didn't quit. He didn't quit though. The the doctor stopped that fight. Quit on the bench. Evan Dunham defeats Nick Lentz in round two. At the you, may have, you may have had good seats, but that eye was fucked up. Yeah, yeah bad. Was. No, I that saw picks, man. Nasty. It was nice. Yeah, but, uh, I would like to. I, I actually would kind of like to see the the day after ones where all the bruising and everything shows up too. Yeah, that's a good point. That would have been nice to see. Trying to think, what, did I, what were we just talking about? About was it was Evan Dunham, like Nick Lentz, wrestling. What about wrestling? Something about wrestling. I no, I was just just talking about the uh, the way that the guys seem to change their styles just to try and be exciting, even if it's detrimental. Oh yeah, to, you know, to, like to them, to them winning, and that especially uh, fell true with the uh, the the next fight, the Chris Weidman and Damian Maya. Ryan, Ryan, hold before before we continue. I just stumbled upon a possible uh, conspiracy theory just about this. You know, think about it, man. You know, Fox, right? That's a big company. They hold Fox News, right? Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch sends out like little memos every morning about you know to all the Fox people and all the the. To, to to put in some like Republican propaganda every day, like this is these are going to be our talking points. We're not going to say 
the words Ron Paul. We're not going to mention any any good thing about President Obama. Maybe they did a little, maybe send out a little memo to the Fox, you know, to the to the fighters, like uh, you guys take it to the ground. You'll never work here again. You never know, never know. Well, you know, Dana White's always told guys not I to let, let do it and all that other shit. But um, my point though with Damien Maya is like. Has Maya even attempted to try and take people down or submit them since he lost to Nate Marquardt? Like, yeah, he, he, yes, he always just stands and dude. trades now. Against, like, what is he thinking? Against the black guy, he did. Um, the Jack Black dude that uh, that's also a jiu-jitsu champ. Yeah, he, uh, he did try to do it with him, but I forgot. And then, yeah, but other than that, yeah, just standing and trading, which is which is pretty sad. Yeah, it, it's such a shame because if D- Damian Maya put as much time into wrestling and takedowns as he has to his stand-up, he'd just be submitting guys over and over again. I mean, that's what he started out in his UFC career. He was submitting guys just one after another and after another, and then he gets knocked out by uh, Marquardt and is like, oh, well, let me trade, you know, let me train stand-up and just give up on my, my jiu-jitsu. A sad thing, just, too, is, like, he's got, like, he, I mean, he doesn't really have the best chin ever. You know, he does get dropped often. So, right. uh, yeah. Man, Chris White, Chris Weedman, though, uh, defeats Damian Maia via split decision. That's why you fucking buy these pay-per-views, right? Yeah. <laughs> a fucking, that was a fucking bar burner, man. Jesus Christ. Like, I was like 10 feet away. I'm like, this is the most boring bite I've ever seen. Like, I was drunk by this point, you know? So, well, un- Unfortunately for, uh, for Fox and uh, the UFC, the fights in the main card were not that exciting. So um, that first fight there, the Chael Sonnen fight, Michael Bisping fight, I didn't think was all that exciting. And neither was the Evans or Phil Davis fight. Um, I thought the guys that they wanted to win, um, Rashad Evans uh, defeating Phil Davis in a UD and Chael Sonnen beating uh, Michael Bisping were the fighters that they that the USC wanted to win. It just kind of set them up for their fights in the future as opposed to necessarily having the most exciting fights for you know their technical debut on Fox. Ryan, do you think Chael Sonnen won that fight? No, I don't. I think Michael Bisming took the first two rounds. I was very impressed with Michael Bisming. I think um, no shit. I think Michael Bisming is extremely underrated um, as far as uh, just a fighter in the UFC, just because he talks so much shit and um, and just his attitude and the spitting thing with Jorge Rivera. He spat into his corner. He spat the, the corner, the, not Jorge Rivera. <laughs> okay, whatever. The, 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 you know, he's he's kind of a, a douche, but uh, it, the guy is a hell of a fighter. And the way that he was able to stuff uh, the takedowns and able to press Chael Sonnen up against the fence um, in those first couple of rounds, I was really impressed by him. Is this is this thing on? Is this thing on? Okay, it's, re- it's recording. Okay. We're on the record here. Yeah. I was wrong about Michael Bisping being a washed-up, babied fighter. I will agree with you. I think he is underrated. I think he's underrated, and uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Do I think he won? I know I'm not a judge, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. I get to see Chelsea and Anderson Silva again. But it, it, um, it, was, it was a close fight, and you know, I wanted, I always want Sonnen to win just because I, I like to hear him talk afterwards, and he's just built this persona that's so over the top and ridiculous that. You know, most of the time it ends up being you know pretty comical, Honestly, and I think and, and I think it's good for the sport. Um, it's, I it's did, like, but like now it's just I don't know, man. Now it's kind of he's going to have his hits and misses. He had a miss, like his his uh, post fight was not the, the post fight that he had. Uh, um, you know, after he beat Brian Stan, that one was epic. I mean, this one was meh. 
So I mean, have you like have you like I was watching the uh, interviews from Canada's last week, and like he was just I mean, it was just so like he's just being he's being ridiculous at this point. Like it's it was really funny before, but like. I don't know, like maybe like bring it on every once in a while, but now it's just kind of getting ridiculous. Like he wouldn't even like talk about, like he w- he wouldn't talk unless like the guy referred to him as like the middleweight champion, and then <laughs> and then like you know when he actually did try talking about that that fight is like what is this amateur hour? I'm not I don't I'm not gonna talk about it. like it was just and he was like carrying around his own belt for the week. I like yeah just, I did uh, I I did I, I did see that um, it's just ridiculous that, you know I, I, I do try and avoid all the other interviews like in between his fights and all the the ridiculous shit talking from there because it but it does become too much at that point. Um, but I, I think in doses for me, I, I do enjoy him and I think he does a very good job as far as uh, promoting fights. He didn't really have the opportunity with this one, um, uh, with Bisbing just cause they didn't have enough time and they had Munoz to, he had Munoz to promote a fight with, which doesn't help anything cause he's just like a big Filipino baby. Dude, he uh, looks like a pastor. Like I was watching him on HD net fight or H or M- UF was it MMA live. No. Inside MMA. Inside MMA. Yeah, man, that guy looks like a pastor. He talks like one, too. I mean, he's really soft-spoken. Right. Confident. You know, yeah. It's pretty weird. Anyways. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of Mark Munoz still. Uh, next fight, we had Rashad Evans defeating uh, Phil Davis via another boring unanimous decision. Oh, by the way, what I did like about the Chael Sonnen uh, win was they go like they, – they, they said 29-28, Chael – and then they said twenty, and then they said thirty twenty seven, and then Bisping almost cried. You could like if you go back and look at it, he almost cried at that point. He's like, "Oh my god, you motherfuckers! I know I'm I'm, I'm losing this one." Yeah, he but, did. Uh, well, it, the one other thing that I was rooting for Michael Bisping is because I still want to see Michael Bisping fight Anderson Silva, <laughs> just because I don't see how he has a fucking prayer against Anderson Silva, and he was going to get killed, anyways. Rashad Evans, Phil Davis, this kind of went down about how I expected. I was hoping Rashad was going to be able to finish Phil Davis, but Rashad completely exposed. Um, really, the, you know, if you're a decent enough wrestler, Phil Davis' stand-up is just not very good at this point. Absolutely, uh, it's pitiful. And another example, oh, man, like you're just giving me example after example of a reason guys that are young in the sport should not be propelled to these statuses so quickly. I mean, I don't think I, I, I don't think it's even that with Phil Davis. I don't think he's gonna. He everybody was just trying to compare him to John Jones because they both came onto the scene at a pretty close time. They both had wrestling backgrounds, and they're both tall, athletic black guys, but they are definitely not the same fighters. John Jones is on a complete different level and he's improved his standup much better than what Phil Davis has in the time that he's been in the UFC. So they are not the the same guys. I don't think Phil Davis is ever going to be, you know, a top five light heavyweight. I don't think he has the the standup ability to do it. I think he should focus more on, you know, working really good takedowns and then working his submission game because that's really where he does excel. Yeah, absolutely. But, dude, after watching that fight, I mean, does Rashad Evans need to be fighting at 185? I mean, really. I've I've always said that. I think it would be great for Evans to drop down to 185. I mean, he's just Uh, so small and, like, he's so explosive. I really think he could do awesome at 185, too. I agree. But, like, he just... He's just not a big dude. I mean, he really I know, but he, but he but he keeps on he keeps on winning at light heavyweight, and so it's hard to argue to move down when you're you know right there at the top of the heat. And it's really gonna make him look like a bitch when he loses to uh, 
to John Jones. And they, yeah. And then you know, it, down to 185. I, see, I, I hope that that ends up being the catalyst for him to move down to 185 because I think there's a lot of good fights and there's just, there's not enough top level guys at 185. Um, especially, you know, after the foolish of uh, foolishness of getting rid of Nate Marquardt, why you would get rid of, you know, one of your top five guys in a division that doesn't have the, you know, the huge, huge amount of talent. But anyways, I've got a interesting um, uh, question, I guess, because I can't uh, hypothetical for you is looking at the three fights that we had on the main card on Fox and imagine if those three car- those three fights got replaced with the top three fights on this week's UFC 143 Carlos Condit. Um, versus Nick Diaz. You almost How- wonder what the fuck is like. What is the UFC trying to do? Is like, okay, we got like we got them. They're not going anywhere now, so we might as well just lowball them with fucking fighters now. I mean, like, dude, like even even the fucking weeks before that. Like, do you want to talk about fucking Aldo Mendez? Do you want to talk about you know the 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 fucking uh, Gillard Miller fight? I mean, all those were awesome, awesome Ryan. And and then they throw like wrestlers. Into the, right, on I, that, that that just didn't make sense to me because if they replaced Carlos Condit, Nick Diaz, the thing is, it's a Fox show, and so you need names to to sell pay per views. Right. Well, they had names. They had the title fight. They had Rashad Evans, you know, former champion. They had Chael Sonnen and Michael Bisbing, all guys that sell. So why didn't they just do that on the pay per view for this weekend and have guys that just go out there and put on really exciting fights with Carlos Condit, Nick Diaz, Roy Nelson, Fabricio Verdum, and what I think is going to end up being a hell of a fight in Josh Koscheck and Mike Pierce. What you do is what you do. Let me tell you what you do, Ryan. You take a fight like Terry Eden, Ted, Terry Adam, Ed, Ed, Edson Barbosa, right? Okay, you remember this one. I'm not, I'm not going to just have a fight over and over again. Right, exactly. But but to to give you the star power, right? You put you make Brock Lesnar the ref, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he has the option at any time to grab Vince, a chair. Vince McMahon is going to be a judge. <laughs> exactly. And Dana White's going to Dana White's going to be a judge as well. You know that's that, that's your that's your fucking star power right there. So <laughs> All right. That's how the wheels you- are the wheels are officially off, so we do need to take a quick break. After that, <laughs> uh, we are going to go over the UFC 143 with our head to head Diaz versus Condit uh, just after this. Hey, this is Ryan, inviting you to friend us on Facebook and check out our blog at mmainthecage.blogspot.com. And always, shoot us an email at mmainthecage at gmail.com, even if it is just to give us the finger. All right, and we're back with uh, with 143, Ryan. Holy UFC shit, that was a quick break. That was really quick. I know I was still in the middle of my lap, but uh, I don't even know who the fuck is fighting on this card. You want to you want to start us off with this man? <laughs> are we gonna do? Uh, are we are we gonna do head to head now? Do we jump into it already? Because I think we do. Yeah, right. let's do it. Sound effects, please. All right, Ed Herman versus Clifford Starks, Ryan, to start us off with UFC 143, Nick Diaz versus Carlos Condit in Las Vegas, Nevada. Ryan. All right, this is uh, just a purely racial pick. Um, We've got Ed Herman, who's just a filthy mick, versus Clifford Starks, who 
with a name like that. I can't remember seeing him, but I'm just assuming that he's black. And so we're gonna go with uh, we're, we're gonna go with White Pride here, Ed Herman. Esteban, who do you got? I thought, I thought you were gonna take the boxing approach and go with Clifford because he is black. He's gonna kick his ass. <laughs> if it's a stand up, if it goes to the ground, it'll be Herman. If it's standing up, it'll be Starks. All right, fine. How about this? Since we have a well-balanced approach on this show, I was going to choose Ed Herman, but just because you're going off a race, I'll go Clifford Starks. We're going to say V-U-D. <laughs> so the entire show doesn't look racist. All right. <laughs> we have a well-balanced... We have a well-balanced... Oh, my God. Anyway. Fox, Fox News of MMA podcast right here. Exactly. All right. Next, we got Renan Burrell versus Scott Jorgensen, Ryan. Oh, uh, we got to go with the milkman, Scotty Jorgensen. Uh <laughs> I, I just I love his energy. Um, as long as he can keep it staying on the feet, uh, I, I I think he'll be okay. Esteban, who you picking on this one? What did you say? You mean as long as he take, takes him down, dude? Renan no Burrell. keeps keeps it keeps it on the feet, dude. Scott Jorgensen, the dirty oh, yeah. burrito. Are we talking about the same guy? <laughs> yeah. anyway. <laughs> anyway, dude, Renan Burrell, I would have to go with this one. He came off a fantastic, extremely dirty victory. Off of one of my favorite fighters, Brad Pickett. And Brad Pickett's no fucking easy guy to walk through. And he did it with ease. So I'm going to go Renan Burrell, second round, TKO. <laughs> All right. Our uh, our next, our first big fight here in the main card's got to be uh, uh, Josh Koscheck versus Mike Pierce. An interesting matchup between uh, two wrestlers. Esteban, who are you thinking here? You know, honestly, man, I originally always said that Josh Koscheck was going to win this by UD, but I'm just going to go Josh Koscheck by TK on the first. The guy just powers through dudes and just throws bombs immediately. Has a ten- has, I mean, he just he just brings a high pace. So I think he's just going to wrestle him to the ground and then uh, and just, just hit him in the face a couple of times. It'll be over. So Josh Koscheck, first round TKO. Ryan? I'm going to go with my payday pick of the week in uh, let's see it's going to be Mike Pierce and you're really? going to double your money on Mike Pierce I think Mike Pierce is, has the better chin and I think they're both going to kind of neutralize each other I think Koscheck's overall the better wrestler and I think if he continues to push the takedowns um, I think he'll, he could end up winning the unanimous decision um, but I think Koscheck's confident enough in his hands. I think Pierce has got good power, and I think he's got the better chin than what Koscheck does. I think he ends up TKOing uh, Josh Koscheck in the end of the first round. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We need better chin than cut. Now we'll talk about it later. Roy Nelson versus Fabricio Verdum in the co-main event. Ryan, what do you think? I think this is a coin flip fight here. Um, I'm just going to pick a draw because I really can't pick um, one way or the other. I'd rather this be a jiu-jitsu fight than an MMA fight. Um, I think they're just probably going to end up standing and trading with each other and kind of one guy's going to catch another guy. I think Fabricio is going to be more efficient with the strikes. I think Roy Nelson has um, a good enough chin, but I think he's got more power than uh, Fabricio. So if I had to be forced to pick one, I'm going to go Fabricio Verdum, unanimous decision. I'm the same way. I'll be the other side of the coin, though. I will go with Roy Nelson. You know, it's so hard because if, if you're talking like a Roy Nelson six months ago, I'm saying Roy Nelson. But the guy is losing too much weight. I don't know if he's going to be able to power, push Fabricio around, but I agree. It's going to be a stand-up match, and I think uh, – I'm going to just fuck it. I'll say it. Roy Nelson wins uh, UD. All right, and – our headliner, we've got uh, probably one of the most exciting fights that the UFC could put together on paper. Ever. In the 
natural born killer Carlos Condit going up against uh, Nick Filthy Diaz. Esteban, who are you picking in this one? I literally cannot think of two more exciting fighters to put together, not only on the same card, Ryan, but in the same fucking fight. Nick Diaz coming off of... What what win is Nick Diaz not amazingly spectacular? You're talking about a guy who used to fucking hate him, and now I am one of the big proponents of Nick Diaz versus Carlos Condit. A perfect this division between... He's got 13, 13 wins by submission, 13 wins by knockout out of his 27, which I think one is a UD. All right, the guy is a fantastic, fantastic specimen. I'm going to oh, – oh, this is a hard one. I have to go just because I like Carlos Condit so much. I got to go with Carlos Condit, and it's going to be it's gonna be really close. But I, oh, can you go with Carlos? I don't even know. I'm, gonna, ah, I'm on the spot now. Um, I, you know, fuck it. I'm going to go Nick Diaz uh, first. <laughs> Fuck! Nick Diaz. It's Pick a side, damn it. Maybe I'll just, I'll decide later, but I'll decide later when we break it down. Good right God, now, yeah, this was a well, well-prepared head-to-head. This is supposed to be quick. <laughs> Nick Diaz, Jesus. you okay. did. You're, Nick Diaz, you did. No pick. Okay. Yeah, two guys coming off of essentially both extremely long win streaks. I mean, uh, Condit's last technical loss was a split decision loss to uh, Martin Campman. Um, before that, it's been like 06 since he's lost. Uh, Nick Diaz is on like, I don't know, 11 or 12, you know, uh, uh, fight win streak. So um, both the guys have been consistently hot. They finished their fights. Um, they're both incredibly exciting fighters. Uh, the big thing that I think it's going to come down to is the conditioning of Nick Diaz, who's a guy who co- just constantly pushes the pace. And this is a five-round fight. And I don't know that Carlos, I, I know that he's fought in a five-round fight before. I don't think he's gone all five rounds. Um, I don't know where his conditioning is going to be uh, come the later rounds, especially after, you know, just inevitably eating a bunch of punches, which is what everybody does when they face off against Nick Diaz. So I just think the efficiency with uh, Nick Diaz's boxing is going to end up uh, uh, carrying him with a victory over uh, Carlos Condit. I, Ryan, we got to break this down right now. Let's just, let's just go down the line, okay? You think Scott Jorgensen? Like, why do you say Scott Jorgensen is going to win against Renan Brown on the feast? Scott Jorgensen's a wrestler and a shitty fucking boxer. I, you know, I, I just didn't want to have to pronounce uh, uh, Henan Barrow's name, so I picked Sc- Scott Jorgensen. You just so. like staying Scott Jorgensen. You just yeah, wanted to yeah. call him the milkman. It roll, it roll. <laughs> 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 For those of you who don't know who Scott Jorgensen is, just, just, just. Just Google them. Just Google yeah. them. Yeah, I think <laughs> no. we should just di- discount the first two picks because it was just <laughs> obnoxious picks. Horribly so. offensive to everyone involved. <laughs> Josh Kodchek, Mike Pierce. At least he didn't jump on the Chinese again. I'm, I'm, I appreciate that. I know there wasn't a Chinese fighter there, but you there still had an opportunity with the red fighter. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Josh Koscheck, Mike Pierce. You, what, what, hold on. Where, where, when did you say Josh Koscheck does not have a good shin? I forgot. I forgot when he got knocked the fuck out repeatedly. I forgot about when that happened. He hasn't gotten knocked the fuck out repeatedly, but he doesn't like getting hit. He doesn't respond well to getting hit. Um, he's fair he's, enough. Uh, he's a little bit more athletic than Mike Pierce, and he's he's the better technical wrestler. Um, and the thing is, though. Pierce has got a great chin. He's taken a ton of punishment, um, and he's able to walk through it. Uh, and his his takedown defense is pretty damn good as well. So um, I'm just thinking it's going to be a matter of Koscheck uh, not choosing the um, you know the the right game plan in this fight. 
Um, and he's very confident in his hands, and he should be because he's got good hands, and he's got good power in his hands too. Uh, I just don't think it's enough to Mike, uh, knock out Mike Pierce, and I think the chin's going to be the difference. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that I'm going to tell you scene by scene how this fight's going to go. Josh Koscheck stands up with him for a little bit, gets a couple of jabs in the left eye, kind of bothers him, and it's, it's going to piss him off. He's going to push him up against the cage real quick, hit him a couple times in the. Uh, when you're going from, I mean, just in not, just not in one of the exchanges, but like when you're transitioning from like either getting up or like, you know, getting off the cage. Because that's where Josh Koscik is the best, is with his speed and with just the transitions. And that's where he's going to not hit Mike Pierce. He's going to get dazed just a little bit and he's just going to hit him a whole bunch of times in the head. That's 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 how the fight is going. I'm telling you right now, that's how the fight is going. Next fight, Ryan, because you don't get a shit. You don't get any more say in that one. Roy Nelson. I, I just, I, I think you're going to be shocked like you were a month ago. With what? What are, what are you referring to? You know exactly what I'm referring to. Anyways. The Nostradamus pick of cold knockout of your boy John Fitch. <laughs> Versus my new boy, I guess, John Fitch. <laughs> You're going to have everybody's boy after this last weekend. Dude, I was going to fuck. I, I wanted to say something. No, I'm just like, yeah, it'll probably hit me or something. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but uh, Roy Nelson versus Fabrizio Bur- You know, dude, honestly, this scares me. Especially just watching... Joey Beltran drop all that weight and not be nearly as effective. I feel like like Roy Nelson, you know, yeah, he'll be like more felt, but like he used his weight to his advantage. He really did. He knows how to grapple with it. I think, yeah, yeah, he he does. He's got really good top control on there. But Fabricio Verdum's a hell of a, a submission grappler, and I think he would be able to. That's why I think it would be more interesting if it was the jujitsu um, and seeing how Verdum responds to. You know, big fat Roy Nelson on him. But uh, any idea where Roy Nelson's weighted? Is, is he still tr- actively trying to lose? That, I heard that. I heard that he's still losing. Well, excuse me. I heard that he's not maybe not losing weight, but I hear he's getting skinnier. So, um, but the thing about this one though is that for Fabricio Verdum, you know, this is how this fight's gonna go. Fabricio Verdum is going to like spend like three days at fucking uh, you know Couture's gym, and he's gonna learn how to push him up against the cage. And Roy Nelson's gonna be so small now he'll actually be able to do it, and that's how he'll win. I, I have a feeling this is gonna be a boring fight, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I'm thinking is Verdum's longer, and he's gonna be able to use his reach advantage. I don't know that he's gonna push him up against the cage. I think that's gonna be more dangerous for him because in that short break, kind of like where you said uh, Koscheck. Uh, tends to be really solid in the transitions and, and coming off the cage and using his hands. That's where Roy Nelson's going to be most dangerous because he's not that that tall of a guy and not that long of a guy. And so for Doom, for Doom I think, would be a lot better just to tr- try and work uh, work his range, um, kind of pick him apart, and then uh, wait to but see. But you're talking about for, like, for Doom doesn't have like picking apart ability, though. I mean, he yeah, really he's, got pretty, he's got pretty decent hands, man. No, he they're doesn't. Not, they're not bad. He outstruck Alistair Overeem. Whether you want to admit it or not, oh, he outstruck Overeem. God. He outworked Overeem. And you're fucking insane if you don't believe me. I Dude, will pull up the number. He, he landed more shots on Overeem because Overeem didn't respect his fucking stand-up. Okay, that's the reason why. The only reason he did, he kept his hands down, so he didn't get fucking taken down. You are, you're just, you're talking about a guy that won the K1 fucking championship. That's fun. A year ago, you're telling me that he has better hands. I didn't say he's he's got better hands. I didn't say he's the better stand-up fighter. I'm saying he won the stand-up exchanges in that against a guy that's that's very fearful of being put on. I don't, I don't give a shit what somebody's pedigree is. Oh my you know, look look at you know all the look at Matt Lindland. 
You know, he, he's been out wrestled before, I'm sure, and he's got solid wrestling background. It doesn't matter where you came from. It's a matter what you did in that fight, and he got outstruck in that fight. You know, I talked bad about the law, okay? <laughs> Only person that beat him is the gold medalist, which I don't know who the fuck that is. But <laughs> uh, next we got Carlos Condit versus Nick Diaz. Man, Jesus fucking Christ, this is going to be good. But, yeah, I like, you know, like really thinking about it, I mean, like this is this is this is – why from now on? Honestly, the, the the not the Cubs wants it. Um, Donald Cerrone versus Nate Diaz. That is the reason why I am not going to bet against the Diaz anymore. Okay? Who the fuck? Who the fuck saw that? Doesn't matter like if he's like angry or anything like that. Like he lit like it like it even shouldn't matter. Like like Cerrone is a top 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 level striker, and he got the shit beat out of him. I mean, like they're just like they have a style that no one else knows. That no one else can, that you can't train for. I mean, you can, for the most part, train against a Carlos Condit. I mean, you know, be be weary. You know what I mean? Like, be very careful with with your moves. He's a very explosive dude. But with Nick Diaz, though, I mean, like, you're not going to, like, oh, wow. You, you think, like, yeah, I'm just going to walk through his punches. And then you're going to eat 12 of them in a row. Like, oh, man, it really did suck. And this well, is a five-round fight. I, I do think the cardio will come into play because of it. I, I agreed. Like I said, that was that was kind of my my difference in the in the fight is going to end up being the uh, the cardio. However, I, Condit has a more varied uh, you know striking arsenal, so he does more than really just use boxing. He can you know throw leg kicks, he can throw head kicks, he can throw flying knees, he does elbows. Um, so he does a wider wider variety of strikes. Where I think um, Nick Diaz got most exposed was in his fight against um, Evangelista Santos, um, cy- the man cyborg. Right, right, right. Um, where, where, where he ate all those leg kicks, and to the point to where uh, Nick Diaz, you know, was starting to, to limp pretty bad on it. Now, I know that Carlos Condit's not going to hit as hard as Cyborg does with the leg kicks, but across a five-round fight, if he's able to work those leg kicks, and the other big difference with... Um, with Condit is he's pretty much he's just as tall and just as long as Nick Diaz is, and that's pretty much where you see Nick Diaz dominate guys and where he's able to use the, his hands, reach. you know, that efficiently is just because he's got the reach, uh, a significant reach advantage. In this fight, it's going to be it's going to be pretty well even. So if you know if Carlos Condit decides to use his legs a little bit more, because you know that Nick Diaz isn't going to go for a takedown. He's going to stand there and try and work his hands like he's done, you know, for the past several years. So you know what's coming on Nick Diaz's end, and so I think uh, a more varied attack style from Condit could actually uh, um, could end up getting in the fight. And the other thing, always with Nick Diaz, is just the fact that he cuts real easy. I and mean, so across that, a long you, fight you like that, Carlos Condit's. You look at Carlos Condit. This is like you know, I don't want him to lose. I really don't. I would love because. I think he has a much better chance of being GSP than Nick Diaz does because you know GSP can just control Nick Diaz and put him on his ass. You need a guy that's really going to just pop. You're going to need a guy that pops and just beats him like you know just t- just KOs him immediately. The reason I think that Nick Diaz will win is because what the fuck was it? I just had a really good thought there. Nick Diaz is going to win. Why? Carlos Condit isn't going. to – Oh, well, hold Jesus, Jesus! I cannot fucking think. Ryan, what's your next thought? Fucking hell, Amster well, Hour. <laughs> oh yeah, no. The reason I think much explains everything. Hold on. The reason I think he'll lose. I mean, what, the, what are the ways that Carlos Condit has actually lost? I think he's lost to like uh, like one or two submissions, but like the other the other ones are like split decision losses. You know what I mean? Like he right. loses 
by decision. And yeah, Diaz, but he's, lost, he's only got probably like four or five losses. I he's think. got five losses. And Diaz yeah. is going to always win a decision unless you're going against a stacked wrestler. You're going to all Diaz will always win a decision because he is landing the most shots. And so, I mean, it, I, 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 yeah, man, that's, that's all I can really say. I mean, I, I think Diaz will win by decision. I it's, mean, and it's kind of crazy that, uh, that, that we're thinking decision considering how efficiently these guys tend to finish their fights. Um, but I think that's also, you know, just, uh, you know, kind of showing how tough both of these guys are because um, they're both extremely guy, tough guys to put away. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be one that uh, I, I think will be a fight that could go down like a, uh, a Hendo Shogun to where it's going to be one of those truly memorable fights. I, it's, it's it's always hard to predict those, but this one's definitely set up as far as stylistically um, and just the way these two guys fight and their chins. Um, it could be, uh, could definitely be an epic fight. Absolutely. And you know, you guys, we got, we got, I mean, we, we, we this is a pretty good, uh, sizable podcast, but, uh, I'm just going to run down some fucking crazy shit that happened in the last few months that maybe we did or did not go over. Um, Ryan, Edson Barbosa defeating Terry Adam via spinning heel fucking kick in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. How fucking amazing was that real quick? It looked like. Edom was a tree that just got chopped out. <laughs> like he was so tall and thin and he fell down and he was completely stiff and he fell down just like that. It was, it, it, that was an incredible shot. Mo, that was, that's definitely one. That's gonna That's probably one kick of the year. Like, like knockout of the year. That could easily win it already. And it's already yeah, fucking could, pre, yeah, pretty much. That's it. Uh, Husamil Pararis on that same card. Motherfucker. Goddamn. That guy likes fucking heel hooks. I mean, anytime he sees a goddamn heel, he's going to fucking break it. I love it. He's um, a freaking savage. Vitor Belfort versus Anthony Johnson winning via decision. Oh, oh hold on, real quick. Um, Carlo Prater ver- defeats uh, Eric Silva via, via disqualification. Don't really want to talk too much about the fight, just because you know if you guys watched it, Eric Silva did clearly win it. Carlo Prater, you know he he know he lost. But what happened was uh, the illegal punches. Even though you know you go after you go back and look at it, there was like, like one maybe illegal punch, and that was it. But um, Joe Rogan holding. Uh, holding court after the fight. Um, what you, what, I mean, I, I, what did you think about that? Because I, I personally wasn't a fan. Yeah, I thought it was a little distasteful for him to to uh, to call him out right there in the cage. He's done that, I know, at least once or twice before. I can't remember offhand. Um, Damn fan versus Leonard Garcia. That may have been it. Um but yeah, it was obviously a bad call. But the thing is, they were also fighting in Brazil, so there's not really an athletic commission that's actually going to handle <laughs> getting it overturned. And so I think that's why it didn't happen. I don't think that's a big deal. You know, everybody seems to really like Eric Silva. Um, I don't think I've seen enough of him. I know he's really athletic, um, and you know, obviously he's got uh, um, you know v- good strikes. He's got good submissions. Um, I'm not completely sold on him yet, but yes, he sh- there's no way he he's one of those guys fight. out of all those camp. I think that everyone's talking about, and I, I'm fuck man. I mean, d- looking at him, I mean, he's so young, and yeah, he looks like another Aldo. And speaking of Aldo, the main event, defeating Chad Mendes in the uh, Ryan Ryan in the last second. What did my bet say? What did it say? It said Chaz Mendes, Jose Aldo will start round two. That's all I wanted. That's <laughs> all I fucking wanted. It defeats him and. 
I you were at literally like time. zero seconds. Like I can't, I can't believe the the fight ended there. That is um, so amazing. It's so amazing how efficient the motherfucker is with just like the tiniest little window of like, hey, I can knock you out here. Bam. Yeah, that that was pretty nasty. That was sick, man. And then real quick, you know, we had uh, Miller or uh, Miller versus or Jim Miller versus uh, Belvin Gillard last week, uh, winning by rear naked choke. Jim Miller is my fucking man. I love this guy. What you're talking about, Bisping, one of the most underrated fighters. Like, Jim Miller, I think, has respect, but maybe not the most well-known, even though he finishes a good amount of his fights. Yeah, I know. fucking talk with a lisp. Like, it's, it, it, it's, well, it's, it's, it's his personality, and people just – he doesn't talk a lot of shit. He's not that outgoing, and so he just doesn't get the quite the recognition that he should. But yeah, no shit. The dude yeah. is an incredible fighter. Defeats the the very troubled, needs a father figure in his life, Melvin Gillard, once again. Goodbye, Melvin Gillard. It was fun seeing you at the top for about a year. But uh, yeah, man, we'll see you in another two because I'm sure you'll make another run and then fuck it up again. Very sad. <laughs> wow. I know. Dude, that guy is just like he's got he's got fucking issues, man. He's, you're not gonna defeat you're not gonna win by uh by in a training camp. But uh yeah. and just real quick, Pat Barry defeating Christian Warcraft. I like Warcraft, but goddamn am I happy that fucking Pat Barry won that. I mean like just didn't want to get him, just didn't want to see him get cut. You don't want to see him just like him and Joey Beltran, like those like you don't want to see him leave, you know what I mean? Just give him a win. Just give him something. Yep. You know, so uh and then uh real quick, Josh Neer defeats Dwayne Bang Ludwig via submission. Dude, like I you know, I was watching Josh Neer. Yeah, he won, but like that guy really does not have the chin for the division. Like like no one in that division really hits amazingly hard and he keeps getting dropped. I mean, like Neer will be out within a few months that like he'll, he'll he'll he won this one i think they'll buy him some time but yeah he's gonna be out again here shortly well, it's good like gatekeeper to see if you even have the ability to you know fight at the ufc level so i think you know he's good for that so yeah and that's 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 the fucking news oh yeah and then uh cyborg santos or no uh chris christine what's her i don't even know her first name christina it's cyborg her her first name is cyborg her first name well, excuse me his first name is cyborg because he, he got popped for uh taking a large amount of testosterone okay so now wait a sec you can't do that because there actually is a man cyborg and then there's the kind of female sam right cyborg. right you're so talking I'm, about the kind of female i'm cyborg, sure right? i'm sure my fucking mom who's probably listening to this right now knows the difference <laughs> Like, nobody knows about the other cyborg sand. Okay, fine. The woman cyborg Santos. We referred to him earlier. Like I did. The woman we talk- cyborg Santos. Just don't want there to be confusion. She, yes. Uh, she got popped for steroids. Which, if you've ever seen a picture of her, I've been convinced for years now she's been a man. And uh, yeah, man. How is that any surprise? Should be fighting Kenny Florian. <laughs> 145 kind of women's title. 145, Kenny Florian comes back, you know, out of his you know, little retirement. Like the, like the hermaphrodite 145 title. Right, to, to, to go against Santa. I still give Santos the edge in that. <laughs> Definitely going to have the power edge. Exactly, man. God, dude. You know, but like, it, real quick, they were talking about like, do they, like Dana White was talking, well, now we may have to scrap the division. But honestly, I mean, after, you know, if you kick her out, at least sideline her for a year, I mean, that gives opportunity for there to actually be a division i mean she she is a a a anderson silva 
is a GSP is a Jose Aldo. Like people are well, people aren't scared of GSP. They're scared of Anderson Silva. They're scared of fucking uh, of Jose Aldo and soon to be John Jones. I mean, like the has got the Tyson effect on exactly the people. Have, I mean, like the entire all the women have gone to one thirty five so they don't have to fight her. And so, I wouldn't blame them. Yes, yeah, no I wouldn't want to fight that bitch either. I wouldn't either. But all right, Ryan. Well, uh, well, this one's going up, man. I can I can feel it. Yeah, just um. You know, we'll uh, we'll be back at some point once uh, Esteban decides that uh, he can pull his shit together. You know what we, you know what we uh, should we'll, do? We should we should we're gonna put this one up. We should we should hear back from the fans, Ryan. If you guys if you want if you want more MMA in the cage, you should fucking email us. Okay, we got emails. It's MMA in the cage at gmail Okay, if you want that, demand it. That's how if you, you if you want a head to head of XFC sixteen high stakes <laughs> and Cage Warriors fight night three, I will do that for you next week. <laughs> I need to hear back from you. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. One, two, Go! If you guys have any questions about MMA, relationship advice, life, or just some bullshit you want to ask me and Ryan, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter, or send us an email at MMAInTheCage at gmail.com. Hey.